Several years ago, I was talking with a high school student who told me that they loved just about everything about coming to church. It was a place where this young man felt loved, seen, cared for. He loved everything about it except the God part. There was something different, he said, something different about church and about the people there and about the way the interaction was, and it was somehow easy to love people and to experience love in that place. Another time, I was serving on the Congregational Nominating Committee, and I approached someone about meeting for a cup of coffee to discuss possibly becoming a church officer. The man who was there just about every Sunday with his wife and children, he looked at me and he said, I appreciate it, but to be honest, I really just come because my whole family is here, and we see each other just the once a week, and it keeps my mother-in-law happy. So it probably doesn't make sense for us to have a cup of coffee. I appreciated the honesty, but a few years ago, several years after this conversation, I saw on Facebook that he's an elder in his church and that he's leading a Bible study now. About seven years ago, when I made the decision to go to seminary, I began to tell people at work. One of the women was so excited for me and for the next steps in my life. She said, oh, this is wonderful. It's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Much earlier in this woman's life, she had been wounded by the church and by people claiming to follow Jesus. I don't know the details, but I do know she had avoided anything related to God and the church for many years. I was actually anxious about even telling her and about what her response would be. I was surprised by her reaction, and and more than surprised, I was encouraged in a way that I needed at that moment. I was having so many hard conversations telling people I was leaving. This woman attended my ordination service, and she was beaming with excitement that day. And she's remained not only supportive, but interested in hearing not just about my life, but about my ministry. For many years, I was one of the leaders of mission trips in my church back home, and the first time we were starting up the trip about 25 years ago, I needed some help on the building side of things. A friend of mine had started a trip the year before, same organization that many of you have been with, and the father of a friend of ours went with them. And this man was a retired firefighter and had built upwards of 30 of these houses already over the years. He had good experience, and he heard that I was looking for help, and he offered to join us. For the next several years, long after we even needed him anymore, he continued to join our trips and serve as the foreman. He wasn't a man of professed faith at all. Actually, he'd tell you the opposite was true, and he'd he'd always say, I'm leaving the church part to you guys. As gruff, though, as this man could be, the love I witnessed from him, especially in the tender way that he cared for those for whom we were building these houses, and the attention to detail that he had, especially when no one was looking, and the care of teaching young people so that they could help and reminded them that in helping others, giving to others, they were experiencing something greater than anything we could do in our lives. All of this was gospel, good news. About 10 years ago, a man I knew from church asked to meet me for coffee. 
He was an older man in his 80s. He came downtown to my law office to meet with me and, and walk to coffee. I, I don't know that we had talked much more than a handful of times in my life before that day, but he reached out to me because he said he wanted to talk about life. I was surprised by this. But we sat and had coffee, and as we were talking with some almost tears in his hardened eyes, he said, I don't know what's going to happen after I die. We sat for a moment with those words, and he sighed this deep release, and then he smiled. I've been so afraid to say that out loud, he said. I've been so afraid to acknowledge it. And we talked. He talked a lot about fear, about family, about the risk of faith. We talked about questions. But as we're talking, he kept coming back to talking about love. He said, you know, I don't know a lot about God. I've tried reading the Bible. I've gone to church every Sunday, almost every Sunday of my life. He said, but I don't know a lot, and I have a lot of questions. But he said, but I know what it feels like to feel loved and to love others. Maybe when I die, he said, all there'll be is love and feeling of love. The traveling visitors to the baby Jesus, these ones we call wise, they trusted dreams, they got lost, they followed a journey, they kept walking. They didn't necessarily even begin to understand what was happening to them. They celebrated and they listened and they watched. They journeyed toward a star they could not explain, to a humble home that gave them an unknown, unexpected, unanticipated joy. Their journey took them to a baby held in the arms of a mother. And it's interesting because over the years, these travelers have been ascribed so many characteristics. Even when we look at at a a traditional creche and we see the ornateness of them and and I wonder if you've ever seen people dressed in ornate robes as the magi. Listen to how they were described by Leo the Great in the 400s. A star with new brilliance appeared to the three wise men in the east that was brighter and more beautiful than others, attracting the eyes and hearts of those looking on. The determination of the Magi to follow the lead of this heavenly light expressed a willingness to be led by the splendor of grace to the knowledge of truth. In this way, they adore the word in flesh, wisdom in infancy, strength in weakness, and the Lord of majesty in the reality of a man. Similarly, Leo writes, so should we raise our hearts to the shining beauty of eternal light, revere the mysteries devoted to human salvation, and put our energy into all that has been done on our behalf. 
When I first read that, when I first read Leo's description of the experience of the Magi, I thought, oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. It's an amazing description. And it's, it's pretty fantastic. But I also think it doesn't probably match the way that those Magi, those visitors, were experiencing in the moment, or even their understanding in the moment of that experience. We don't know too much about it. They went on this journey, a journey that, that gave them twists and turns, a journey where they brought these gifts, a journey where they're expecting a king and they find a baby. So I don't know that all of what Leo wrote matched their understanding. But sometimes it's in looking back. Looking back on our encounters with God, on manifestations of God. It's a big word, right? Manifestations. But that's what epiphany means. Manifestations. God becoming just a little bit closer. Manifestations, revelations, appearances, piercings through. Sometimes in looking back, in reflecting on the ordinary, on fleeting conversations, in in examining those little interactions of our life, the conversations, the sitting in silence with someone during a difficult time, the laughter until you cry, the moments that can't be explained or shouldn't be explained, the surprises, the unsuspecting moments of awe, the sunsets and sunrises, the snow-covered trees the gut feelings that we have, filled hearts, overwhelmed with joy. And even though in the emptiness of loss and the confusion of life's turns and twists, the unexpected things that bring us pain, in all of this, examining, reflecting back, returning to the moments of our lives, moments of joy and moments of difficulty, turning back, looking at them, reliving the conversations, the experiences, the feelings, and then asking ourselves, how was God shining through, shining through in those moments, shining through in a teenager who saw God, who was experiencing God, but didn't realize it, didn't realize that in that love and acceptance, he was gaining knowledge of a God who loved him beyond his comprehension. How God was shining through in the regular practice of worship and being with family even when we don't understand what worship is beyond an obligation or a gathering of family. How God was shining through when a lawyer shared news of going to seminary to a woman burned by the church who could see something new, something fresh. How God was shining through a man who had spent his whole life avoiding God but understood what it meant to use his calloused hands to nurture and care and to teach others to swing a hammer, but more importantly, how to love and care for others. How God was shining through in doubts and questions and how God was shining through in experiencing love in the midst of fear and holding on to that hope. Friends, these are epiphanies. These are epiphany moments. These are the reasons we journey. And at epiphany, we turn ourselves toward looking, toward looking for the epiphany moments in our lives. The places 
your lives, our lives, where God's love is made manifest to us, where God becomes just a little bit more clear or, or maybe a little bit more near. The love of God shown through Jesus Christ. The love of God shown through Jesus Christ to those visitors, to those shepherds, to Mary, to Joseph, to all whom Jesus would encounter the love of God shown through. Jesus was the ultimate revelation of God to humanity, the ultimate light shining through, the ultimate star guiding us to know and see and experience God in our lives. Friends, this is good news. This is the good news, the good news of epiphany, the good news of a new year, the good news with which and upon which we start again afresh and anew each year, but also each Sunday when we worship and each day of our lives, the good news of our faith. Friends, this day I pray that you will see the light of Christ in your life even in the areas where you don't expect it. May you see Christ in your past, in your present, and in this coming year. May you look for Christ. May you see Christ. May you encounter God. And may you be guided by that light, guided by Christ. And may you be surprised at how God is revealed to you on the journey pointing the way, pointing toward God and saying, wow, and sharing that story with others. Indeed, may you be surprised at how God has revealed to you on the journey this coming year. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.